Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our Housing Matters Podcast again. My name is Oscar Way, and I'm here with Jordan. Hey, everyone. Great. Um, I know um, last time we talked a little bit about our um, latest um, sales uh, housing market in California. And um, it looks like uh, it, it does seem like that you know things seems to be slowing down a little bit, and I wonder that how that affect uh, home ownership rate. Um, I know recently we saw some numbers, and I we've been asked by reporters uh, in the past. In the last couple quarters, I saw some numbers that seem to suggest that we are seeing a little bit of bounce back in housing uh, home ownership rate. Yeah, definitely. I mean, home ownership is what it's all about for us as um, the Association of Realtors, obviously. The more people who can, you know, buy homes, obviously, is the more sides for us to work on. But it's also just a, a bigger, you know, deeper economic issue. And, and the Census Bureau is the one who tracks this stuff on a quarterly basis. And uh, yeah, you're exactly right. They show that home ownership rate in California has gone up the last two quarters. Uh, in a row. So after hitting a bottom of just 53% right. home ownership, we're back to 55.1 as of the first quarter of this year. So, uh, you know, not a huge improvement, obviously, but uh, we'll take it nonetheless. Obviously, it's a, a hugely important topic for us. And, you know, seeing home ownership go up is, is a great thing. I just, you know, for me, the, the big question is, you know, how long can it be sustained and, and what kind of underlies that, that uptick and should we really be, you know, celebrating as the headline number suggests or is there, is there something else going on there? Yeah, I mean, I, 55, you said 55.1 is a number that I got also. And not only did it go up in the last couple quarters and when I look at some of the historical numbers, it seems like it's the highest since the third quarter of 2011 so I had the same question too you know if this is this bounce back a uh, an upward trend that's going to be sustainable or is it something just a fluke and so you know I looked at you know the different reasons why we should be maybe optimistic yeah so some of the fundamental stuff I mean you heard about the macroeconomic stuff yeah um Things that, that support a, a increase in home ownership like job growth right I mean last year and a half two years I mean yes we have been seeing a little bit of a slowdown in job growth but uh, all in all I think unemployment seems to be at a very good level yeah um, arguably maybe uh, below unemployment uh, full employment rate some economists may say something otherwise but you know it's very close to full employment if not already at full employment definitely yeah more folks are working than we were before I think we're at all-time high levels of employment in California actually so very true yeah I mean the demand is there and then, of course, when you have job growth, you have household formation. Some of the latest updated number that we have seen seems to suggest that household formation continue to increase, uh, at least for the last few years. Yeah, definitely. I don't, you know, we don't have basements here in California, right. but uh, seems like parents are kicking their 
their kids out of somewhere. Maybe it's the pool house or something like that. Maybe. That, you know, regardless, I think the point being that folks are going out and actually starting their own households again, and that's, I guess, supportive of increased home ownership as well, right, to the extent that some of those folks go out and buy. It's very true. But, and of course, if you have increased, and we have seen increase in household growth, increase in job growth, doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to have um, increase in home ownership. Right. Wage or household income growth is probably uh, very important too. Yeah. Um, I know this year, maybe the last couple quarters, last few quarters, we are seeing a little bit more increase in uh, wage growth. Yeah. Maybe not enough to be very excited. Right. But it uh, seems like it's better than before. Um, and I looked at some of the household income um, projection for 2017 yeah. compared to last year. What we used for the housing affordability seems like it's uh, growing at around 4% based on that projection. Yeah, so people have more money to, to play with, obviously, and that's going to help them get into a, a home if you hold everything else constant, I guess. Right, and I mean, based on those fundamentals, yeah, it seems like yeah, maybe home ownership is going, it's, it's, it's uh, climbing up. Yeah. But I also uh, wanted to remind our listeners, I mean, we talked about this for the last few months, yeah. for the last couple quarters. Sales might have been pulled uh, forward a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a more in that camp, I guess, than the uh, the fundamental side. I mean, uh-huh. we haven't suffered from a lack of demand this whole time. I uh-huh. mean, the, the recession officially ended in 2009, and pretty much since 2010, um, right the way through to last month, we've been, like, constantly outpacing the rest of the U.S. in terms of both, you know, economic growth, what happened with our GDP and job growth, too. Um, so so for me, that doesn't explain the recent turnaround, right? Because uh, if it was those fundamentals, then you would have expected things to maybe have started turning around a little bit earlier because those have been fairly constant um, over the course of the last, you know, at least six and a half years or so. And I think, you know, the, the pulling sales forward part is a big thing. I mean, we had an unseasonably, you know, good winter season, right? True. That's usually True. a really lackluster period for home sales. Um, and same thing in the first quarter of this year, right? We got off to a, a really good start, which again, the first three months of the year um, usually are fairly weak as well. It's not till you get into the spring and summer months that, that home sales really start to ramp up. Um, and I think both you know, the, the optimism that came with the election results in the fourth quarter where folks were, you know, very excited about the election outcome, thinking it meant, you know, deregulation, tax cuts, more money to play with. Um, and then also, you know, looking forward, once we got to January, I think people really felt like there was a strong probability that rates were going to go up. Uh, sure. And so I think that, you know, last three months of last year and the first three months of this year um, have been really infected or not infected, but at least uh, motivated rather by, you know, those two uh, phenomenon, which I think are largely kind of one off things that that maybe dragged some of those purchases that wouldn't have happened until we got deeper into 2017 um, a little bit sooner, which might be puffing up those those home ownership numbers because when you look at a lot of the things that stand in the way of home ownership, you know, lack of supply, right, right. Um, low housing affordability, right? I think our most recent number from the first Very quarter true. is like less than a third of Californians can afford the median priced home. Um, and the fact that rates are going to go up, those things all suggest that folks are going to have, you know, a difficult time. And I think you even said it yourself too. Incomes are going up uh, about 4%. Uh, when you look at 
at where home prices are going, they're going up by five and a half percent. Then you got higher rates on top of that. So um, it doesn't seem like affordability is getting any better uh, anytime soon. And of course, we're not building anything still. <laughs> and so we can't expect a, a new wave of you know freshly constructed buildings to alleviate the supply constraint, at least not over the short run. Um, so, so yeah, that's why I'm not, uh, you know, having dusted off my champagne bottles yet and really celebrated this 55.1% home ownership rate because I think there's this kind of timing aspect that's pumping up the number um, rather than this kind of turnaround and trend that we think is going to be sustained into the years ahead. Which, I mean, it's only two quarters um, in, in, in the last quarter and the previous quarter and the fact that it coincided with strong sales in California, that made me sp- uh, suspicious too. Uh, but further evidence that we have seen is, you know, you look at April sales number, our April sales numbers uh, suggest that we are uh, seeing a little bit of a decline, a softening in sales. Plus, when we look at the pending sales number, we know that pending sales suggest that further decline or softening will be seen in May and June. So come second quarter's number, when the second quarter homeownership uh, number release, I wouldn't be too surprised to see it dropping, uh, dropping back down to you know low level. Yeah, dropping back down, staying flat, even going up a little bit. I think you know wouldn't be totally outlandish. But I think what what is less plausible is uh, a big uptick that you know continues on for quarter on quarter out in the future. I think that's the that's the hard part, right? Folks are are again wanting to get into homes, but uh-huh. uh, they can't afford them and there's nothing out there to buy. And so I think those two things are, you know, the economy can be firing on all cylinders all at once, but you can't buy stuff that isn't for sale. And when affordability is in the way of, of folks making move from rental to ownership, you know, I don't see how that's, um, you know, going to be addressed in the next six months. I just don't yeah, see it. Absolutely. I mean, and the supply issues, we've talked about this before. And um, Joel also mentioned uh, in, uh, in the latest mid-year luncheon yeah. about the shortage in supply uh, based on some study done by the uh, uh, Housing Devel- Department of Housing Development and Community. It suggests that by uh, 2030, we actually will be short by about 2 million uh, house, housing units yeah. uh, based on the household formation. So, you know, the supply issue, if it's continued, we, if we're building the exact same way as we are building right now with the same type of policies, probably not going to help. And I could, I completely understand, uh, are on the same boat as you. Interest rates, they're definitely going to go up. Yeah. Uh, in the next, so we still believe that it's going to go up because even though, yes, it is not as high as uh, what we saw at the beginning of this year, but you're rest assured, we know the Fed is going to increase interest rates and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, another issue that um, we d- we haven't been talking too much about, but it's something that we definitely want to uh, take a look at is home ownership rate by if we look at home ownership overall. Yes, you know it looks like it's has uh, gone up a little bit, but if we look at home ownership rate by different uh, ethnicity group, ethnic group. Um, that kind of explains a little bit of why we believe that home ownership might go down. You know, keep in mind, yes, what we consider minority right now probably will be majority in the future. Yeah, exactly. And they tend to have a low, currently at least, tend to have a low ownership rate right now. And you have some stats that you can show us, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you look at home ownership overall, right, we're in that kind of um, 55% range 
across the board, um, but it's actually much higher for white and Asians. So over 62% for whites, over 58% for Asians. Um, but you know, when you look at Hispanic and black, there's a, a significant gap there in terms of less than 50% home ownership, even 42% for black and 46% um, for Hispanic. Now, uh, we know a lot in large part, I think that's, that's driven by, um, you know, income gaps ultimately mm -hmm. right is that incomes on average are lower for uh, minorities in california than they are for uh, whites and asians in particular very true um, and so you know a big chunk of those folks who are renters right i think you know 66 percent of black households rent 58 uh, percent of hispanic households rent so 42 percent um you know i think yeah, I guess 42% of those, you know, folks are, are actually homeowners, but, and for the most part, they're, they're not moving into home ownership because they simply can't afford it, right? True. And so um, there's a lot of work to be done to um, boost minority incomes and education and things like that so they can take care of um, higher paying jobs, but there is this kind of low hanging fruit out there. So I did this little thought experiment, looked at, you know, on a county by county basis, what's the amount of income that you need to qualify for the median priced home? Uh, and then looked at some of these minority groups and asked how many of those folks in these counties actually um, make that amount of money but still rent anyway. And what you find is that even though, um, you know, the majority, I would say, of these folks who are renting are renting because they simply can't afford to uh, make the move into home ownership, that's not true in all the cases. So, um, in fact, if you look at the uh, amount of renters in, you know, just the black and Hispanic categories as an example, um, about seven to nine percent depending on what group you're looking at of uh -huh. those renters actually could make the move into home ownership on the basis okay. of their income uh, alone right so if you look at a place like uh, i don't know los angeles county where we are as an example of the the minimum qualifying income you need is about ninety six thousand five hundred, give or take to get that median priced home uh, and so what we did was ask how many hispanic or black families out there um, you know make at least that amount but yet still rent and what you find is that if you crunch all those numbers on a county by county basis there's actually about 1 million or so households out there who rent really um, but oh, do actually make enough to make the move into home ownership 275,000 give or take of which are Hispanic uh, and another about 70,000 plus minus are black households and so um, you know while there's still a lot of work to do I think to address these income disparities and the wealth disparities so that um, we can kind of equalize those home ownership rates i think over the short run there's this group of you know 275 to 350,000 black and hispanic households out there um, who have the income right now now i think there's a lot of reasons why maybe they um, haven't made the move into home ownership it's not just a question of income right income is the the first and biggest piece right, what we used to calculate right yeah and whether you can actually make that mortgage payment or not but actually qualifying for a mortgage is a different story maybe you don't have a credit score maybe you've got a bankruptcy or right, foreclosure right. from the previous business cycle on your uh, on your credit history or something like that maybe you have um, informal income right so that's true um, you might have the ninety six thousand dollars but maybe twenty five thousand of it's off the books or informal or kind of um, you know on a cash basis uh, there's there's all kinds of reasons I know you had some thoughts on that as well um, but I think you know at least some fraction of this three hundred fifty thousand black and Hispanic families who do have that income could be peeled off um, for 
for home sales over the short run and get these folks into home ownership now. Maybe it's a function of education that they just don't know about FHA or other low down payment um, loan options. And so I think that there's, you know, maybe like you said, they don't have uh, the down payment saved up. Maybe they think you need 20% down. Right, the uh, education part of it. Exactly, and so I think there's all kinds of reasons, but at least some some percentage, you know, some non-zero percentage of those 350,000 um, you know, black and Hispanic households should be able to move into home ownership um, with some some kind of motivation or, or maybe education on our part. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned about you know down payment. Yeah, I did mention before about down payment. So the down payment part, of course, uh, you know, with the income requirement, you still need to have a lump sum and many a lump sum to to put in as a down payment. Right. But you said it earlier, there are some. Uh, options, financing options such as FHA that doesn't require 20% down payment. Maybe we just need to educate some of the home buyers. But there are some other issues that I that crossed my mind also. You know, we talk about this part of it. It looks like we do have the housing demand, what we consider housing demand. We do have some people who can qualify. Right. But at the same time, a couple of things uh, to, to keep in mind is, yeah, even though we have this housing demand, but at the same time, um, it is possible that maybe for the ethnic groups, for African American and for um, uh, the Latino group, they may possibly have a. Um, many of them may be in a um, uh, income group that might be a little bit more competitive when it comes to the housing market. Yeah, and we know that in the uh, middle mid. Um, price range and the lower price range, they tend to have a more competitive housing market situation. So no doubt. It, if we don't have the supply uh, to, to, to meet the demand, obviously, even though the demand, even though we have people who want to buy a home, they cannot buy a home because, and they, of course, cannot achieve home ownership. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a, a great point. I think when you look at the incomes, you know, by race and ethnic group, they're a lot lower for black and Hispanic, which means right. that they are shopping in those lower price points, uh, which we know is uh, the tightest portions of the market. They're going the quickest. They're selling the closest to list price, right? We've got the lowest amount of uh, unsold inventory in those price buckets less than two months, I think, and some right. of those really exactly. low price. So not only are they kind of uh, impacted by having you know less income available to deploy, uh, but they're also in the most competitive segment of the market. And so exactly. it's kind of the double whammy, um, which is, I guess, again, maybe why we're not uh, predicting that this you know, 55.1% increase in home ownership is going to, um, you know, come rocketing back to the 60 and 62% that we had right. at the height of the last right. thing is is maybe explicit because we're becoming a more diverse state. Uh, and those are the exact folks who are having the hardest time making the move to home ownership. Exactly. Now, on the more positive side, I do want to offer one more point. And the more positive side is when we look at the, um, the population group, we know that um, for... Hispanic group, it's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. But obviously, you know, uh, they're not they're not there yet. Meaning that there's a, a lot of people in that um, Hispanic um, ethnic group that might be more on the uh, younger side. Right. And Millennials and such. Right. So when you're younger, obviously, you know, home ownership may not be at the forefront of your agenda. Right. So it is possible that let's say ten years now, twenty years now, it is possible that 
you know, we are seeing more people, a bigger share of the Hispanic group want to become homeowners. Maybe that will boost uh, homeownership rate a little bit in the next 20, 10, 20 years. Yeah, I mean, we know that it's still aspirational, right? When we do uh -huh. survey research, those even the millennials say, yes, I want to own a home. They're just not necessarily uh, in a rush. We know that folks are getting married a lot later. They're postponing, you know, having kids, and those are big um, drivers of when you jump into to home ownership, I can tell you that uh, you know when my wife got pregnant the first time, it was like pretty much um, all bets were off, and we needed to get out of that apartment and get into our house stat. But you know we know that those things happen later and later in life now. Um, so I think you're right that that these folks you know are potential uh, folks to make the move into home ownership, but. Um, all the more reason why we need to act now, kind of get the supply stuff exactly. sorted out so that the, uh, you know, when they're when they're motivated to do so from a social, personal standpoint, that they're uh, able to economically too. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's still circling back to the supply issues. Um, and, and now let's let's take a look at, okay, so we have some positives, some negatives. What are some of the obvious challenges um, that, I mean, we mentioned a few. Um, Hike, uh, hike rates yeah rate or, hikes and and all that hikes. stuff i mean i think that's that's a big one i think the the education piece you know can't be understated i mean when we did that survey of young people we asked you know how many people would consider um you know making the move to home ownership if you could get in with less uh -huh. than 20 percent down i think it was something like 80 percent or 85 percent said oh yeah i'd make that you know choice if i could get in with less than 20 percent and the very next question we asked was you know how many people know about low down payment loans and i think the the ratio almost reversed completely and it was like 20% said yes I know about low down payment 80% said no and so I think again in addition to these folks who um, you know have the income but for whatever reason are remaining renters um, that you also just have folks who just don't know that home ownership is an option and so I think the the education piece is a huge challenge for um, realtors, I think there's, you know, language stuff right, and the more right. that we can get stuff out in Spanish and, um, you know, other Asian languages that might just, you know, help to, um, get folks there. And then I think the big one is on the financing side, because I think that, um, you know, a big part is that maybe they don't have credit scores or they right. don't have fully documented, um, incomes. And so we need to find out better ways, you know, in today's, world of big data and access to everyone's personal information of finding some way to evaluate these folks who've lived on cash their whole life they've never you know not paid their utility bill or been evicted from a home and paid cash for everything they did and had a car and all that stuff um, who just don't fit into that traditional kind of credit profile with a FICO score and all of right. that, but who very well may um, be credit worthy nonetheless. They make steady income. They um, you know, can show it consistently through their credit union or whatever the case may be. Uh, finding ways to score these people so that they're not locked out of financing. Um, because I think you know, in a lot of these cases, and the, the census data backs us up, that people do have the financial wherewithal uh, in some of these cases. Obviously not in all of them. The vast majority can't, you know, of those renters still can't afford. But there's that chunk of 275,000 Hispanics who can. Um, and I think this credit piece is, is one of the big reasons why. And it looks like I think someone is already starting 
to do something about it. I believe FHFA or Fannie, I can't remember. Yeah, Fannie and Freddie do both have um, systems where they're trying to do these big algorithms that will crawl public data and find other alternative ways to score you based on evictions and things like that. And so um, we're at the forefront of that, and it's good that at least these big players are are talking about that stuff. But I think that's... uh, We've got a long way to go. Obviously, we want to make sure that things are still properly underwritten and nobody's saying just make willy-nilly loans. Um, but I think there's there's some way we can close the gap between these people who have no you know formal credit profile um, but yet still might be able to make those mortgage payments and, and finding some kind of happy medium there. Yeah, we definitely don't want to repeat what happened in 2007, 2008. Amen. Um, and so, yes, def- uh, definitely need to do a, good, a better assessment. And also... Of course, I think uh, we talked briefly about it. Um, if there's any way we can, right now, rent growth is growing at a very high level. Yeah. Just continue to grow at a very high level, and that that's not really helping much for people who want to save enough money to for about down payment. Yeah. If we can somehow, you know, uh, have a little bit of rent growth, but not as much as what we're seeing, that actually would help some of the potential home buyers. Yeah, exactly. Now, I think a $2,500 a month rent payment isn't very conducive to storing up uh, down payment money. So, um, But yeah, otherwise, you know, these are just the typical, you know, fundamental challenges that we're seeing. And we probably will continue to see those uh, in the upcoming years. It's definitely not something that uh, we can uh, resolve in the short term. But nevertheless, it's something that we could, should continue to uh, work on it. Um, Hopefully, in the next five, ten years or so, when we have more people who are uh, willing to, to who want to become homeowners, yeah, definitely uh, come aboard, and then we can have the supply for them. Totally, and I think in the meantime, you know, focusing on that low-hanging fruit, right? We got to do all that we can to um, make sure that more of those Black and Hispanic households um, are actually in a position where they can afford the median-priced home. Right. But I think in the meantime, three hundred fifty thousand, you know eligible income eligible households is is nothing to seize out that's almost a full year's worth of transactions right there and so exactly um you know i think that that's the the silver lining is yes address structural issues but in the meantime um let's get those folks who can become homeowners to become homeowners um while we work on these longer term challenges yeah, we definitely need to attack from both the supply side and the demand side yeah we talked too much we, well i shouldn't say too much we talked a lot about supply side something could also be done on the demand side as well yeah and those are things that we can do at least immediately so all right well that's it for this time and uh we'll probably will you know come back online with the different issues maybe um something about the housing market in may or june or you never know some wild card could happen over the next two weeks and uh, exactly. if that does then we'll bring it to you fresh so until next time thank all you right. so much thank you